This morning I'm going to preach to you on uh, the gift from one blood. I've been thinking about this for a number of days, uh, and I'm not going to get into the social injustices, or I'm not going to get into the political agendas around the world, uh, but I will say this, that there is only one thing uh, that all of us have, uh, there are several things that we all have in common. We're all created by God, amen, in the likeness of Him and His Son and the Holy Spirit. We're all created in His likeness and in His own image, uh, but we all have the same blood. Now, we all might have different blood types, but we all bleed the same, amen? Uh, but here's, here's what I'm going to preach to you on, is that through His blood, we have the same gift. Through His blood, we have been giving the gift of salvation, and so this morning and over the next uh, tonight and next Sunday, uh, I have nine points. I'm going to tell you the first, uh, uh, I'm going to preach to you on the first three this morning. Uh, if Brother Joe don't mind, go ahead and throw those up. Uh, this sermon, I'm going to go through the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And we see in the first couple of verses that not only he chose us, he's adopted us, he has accepted us, my favorite, he has redeemed us. He has forgiven us. He revealed God's will to us. He's made an inheritance for us. He has sealed us, and he has, get, he, he has given us an earnest of our inheritance, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I'm going to preach to you on he has chosen us, he has adopted us, and he has accepted us. Ain't you glad for that? Amen. Ain't you glad that he has chose you before the foundation of the world? Amen. Amen. That's a scary thought to think of. You start mentioning predestination, people fall out on you. But listen, it's the truth. The Bible teaches on that. God, is, God chose you. God made you. God knew you while you were in your mother's womb. Amen. And he has given you the gift of salvation. But it's up to you to choose it and to accept it. Amen. So if you will, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. I begin reading in verse number 3 this morning. I'll ask you to stand with me this morning if you don't mind. Uh, to stand. I know we've been standing a lot this morning, but I'm going to get that blood circulating so that you can stay awake while I'm preaching uh, and, and reverence the reading of God's holy word this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise 
of his glory. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as humble as we know how. Heavenly Father, I need you this morning. And Father, we need you here in this church. God, I pray that you bless each one that's come. God, I pray that the word of God wouldn't fall on deaf ears. I pray, God, that uh, you would just anoint me this morning. God, fill me up with the Holy Spirit of God that we may preach what you've given us. God, may we touch somebody's heart this morning. I pray, God, if they don't know you as our Lord and Savior, that before they leave here, that they come and accept you. And God, that they would be found in Christ. Father, we love you, and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen. So I was doing some studying this week on, on uh, the coronavirus, of no other things. Uh, but I came across an article that was talking about that some, in, and I can't remember if it's in America or in another country, but somewhere they have discovered that a certain blood type could be the cure uh, for the coronavirus. Madeline Farber said this. She said, more specifically, type O blood may be protective against a novel virus, meaning that if you have the blood type O, that you may not catch the coronavirus. So that, to me, is somewhat of a perfect blood, right? Uh, type O blood, if I'm correct, and I'm not any medical professional or anything like that, my wife can probably help me out a little better than what I know. But type O blood can receive type A or B, right, if you're in a, a dire emergency? No, that's not right. Huh? They can give to anybody. Okay, so they can be the giver, but they cannot receive it. Okay, I, all right, thank you for correcting me on that. My, my feeble mind was not able to comprehend all that. But I appreciate you ladies helping me this morning. But Jesus... Let's get back to Jesus, something that I know, amen. <laughs> Jesus had the perfect blood. And he's not having to receive anything from us, right? But he is given to all men. He has given to every one of us the most precious gift that we could ever find. And that's his life. He has given his life for hours that we might be saved. And that we might be found acceptable in God's eyes. A preacher friend of mine that I follow on Facebook, his name is Joshua Loa. He is uh, a missionary. He is about to be a missionary to the Philippines. And he said this, and I loved what he said. He said, it was one man that partook of the tree and brought sin upon all men. But it was also one man that partook of the tree and brought salvation upon all men. Ain't that amazing? Bible says, and what the first man Adam could not do, the second man Adam came and fulfilled what could not be done. And Jesus Christ became that second Adam given to us all life in him. Dr. Warren Wearsby said, Paul's letters to the Ephesians is as carefully structured as that great temple of Diana, and it contains greater beauty and wealth. We inherit the wealth by faith and invest the wealth by works. Without this balance, our spiritual riches do us no good. Now let's get into the sermon. That was my introduction. All right. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him. He has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I'm so glad that he chose me. 
I'm so glad. Now, I don't mean this, and you'll find that there is some Calvinistic beliefs out there that say that, that God has chosen the elect and God knows exactly who's going to be saved and who doesn't get saved and, and He has predestinated them to be saved. But the word predestination is for only those who are found in Christ. Let me make that clear. It's not for sinners. It is only found when it's referring to the church. So predestination is for the church. He has predestinated us through Him to inherit everlasting life. Amen. He has predestinated us. When we got saved, He predestinated us to inherit everlasting life. He predestinated us in Him. But if you're not in Him, you have that, you do not have that predestination. But He has chosen us from the foundation of the world. And Dr. Warren Wiersbe said, As far as God the Father is concerned, you were saved when you chose when He chose you in Christ in eternity past, but the that alone did not save you. As far as God the Son is concerned, you were saved when He died for you on the cross. As far as, uh, as far as God the Spirit is concerned, you were saved when you yielded to His conviction and received Christ as your Savior. That's the only way you can be born again, is if you yield yourself unto His conviction, receiving Christ as your Savior. What began in eternity past was fulfilled in time present and will continue for all eternity. I'm so thankful for that. Because even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us no matter how filthy of sin we were in, no matter what sin we were committing or how far gone we were, God still loved us in His infinite mercy and in His infinite grace. Amen. I want to preach to you just for a little while on uh, somebody that is very familiar, but she doesn't get preached on very often. And her name is Gomer. Anybody under, uh, remember Gomer? Uh, out of Hosea chapter 1, uh, we find that Gomer was a harlot. And she, uh, uh, the word of God says that Hosea was commanded by God to go and take to himself this woman who committed all sorts of whoredoms and, and a harlot. And, and she uh, ran around on Hosea. And, and uh, so, pray for him this morning. All right. Y'all are looking at me like, boy, what in the world is he doing? Pray for me. All right. So in verse number 10 of Hosea chapter 1, I'll read to you this morning just to kind of give you a background of Hosea. It says, Yet the number of children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. And these came forth from Gomer. He is blessing the children of Israel from Gomer, who was a harlot, who was a sinner, who was... Filthy, who committed all kinds of wickedness. But you know what? God still loved her. And God still had mercy on her. And I believe that before uh, her life ended, I believe that she met the love of a Savior because of a love of a husband. Hosea was faithful to God to love Hosea the way that he was supposed to. He loved Hosea. Uh, I mean, he loved Gomer uh, as God would love the church. Even though that... She left Hosea's house. I'm sure left him with the kids to take care of the kids and raise the kids. She was probably a terrible mother. But you know what? Hosea still loved her because God had chosen Hosea for himself, had chosen Gomer for Hosea. And listen, the work that God did through the prophet Hosea was amazing. God chose Gomer for the prophet Hosea to marry to show us the kind of love and grace God shows to every one of us. 
She kept committing whoredoms, but Hosea kept loving her and purchasing her and reconciling her. Every time that she would go to these places to be sold and, 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 to, be, uh, and to do what harlots do, Hosea was there to make sure he bought his wife back. Why? Because he loved her. And that's exactly what sinners do. We will go, and, and though, listen, we're saved, amen? If you've been bought by the blood of Christ, you're saved, you're born again, amen? But that does not mean that you are sinless. It does not mean that you are perfect. It does not mean that from that day forward you will not commit sin. Let me tell you something, friend. You will commit sin. Perhaps you committed sin this morning. I don't know. I'm not the judge. Only you and God know. But I promise you that Monday morning's coming. Some of us are going to go back to work. And the devil is going to be after you hot and heavy. And it's going to be very easy to think thoughts that you shouldn't think. You might even let a word slip that you shouldn't say. Amen? Things happen because you are a sinner. But you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ that can wash away all sin. And when you do sin, ask God to forgive you. Ask God to and repent of it. And ask God to help you to not commit that same sin anymore. To turn your back from it. But listen, that's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. Is that we are so much like Gomer that it is unimaginable. Because we as the children of God, we still turn our back on God. We still commit sin. We still go and we still meddle with things uh, uh, that we shouldn't meddle with. We get in places that we shouldn't get ourselves in. But you know what? God has never left us. God is always there waiting for you to come back to repent of your sin and He's welcoming you with open arms. Like the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, listen, that boy, he thought he was a man, didn't he? He said, Father, I'm at the age of accountability now. Give me my portion of mine inheritance. Give me everything that's owed to me. He wanted to leave home like many young people do. They want to leave home, go and set out on their own journey. And that's fine. That's all well and good. But this man, he wasted his substance on riotous living, the Word of God says. He went down. He partied it up. Probably went and ran around with every woman that he could find, drunk everything that he could drink, partied it up, spent everything that his father gave him. And you know what? Sin will leave you empty-handed. Amen? Sin will leave you empty-handed. But this morning, that prodigal son, he went and spent everything he had on riotous living, on wild living, filthy living, wicked living, and he found himself empty-handed. So empty-handed that he didn't have a dollar to go and buy him some food or to buy him some drink. Now this man, he was a, 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 a Jew, but he was in the town of Samaria and he found a Samaritan man that had some hogs and he asked, went and asked that guy if he could be his hired servant just take care of the hogs listen when you get desperate you'll be looking for something amen sometimes you'll find yourself in a hog pen the prodigal son listen he was a Jew Jews wasn't supposed to deal with hogs they, they, hadn't, they were commanded by God to leave them alone they couldn't eat of the pork. They couldn't eat of, or they couldn't raise them and take care of them. Can you imagine how miserable this man's life was? The prodigal son had nothing. He, his father gave him everything that he had, and he wasted it all. He didn't have a house. 
He didn't have food. He didn't have clothing. He couldn't even go and bathe anywhere. He was living with the hogs. And to himself, and uh, I don't know about you, but I've known several people who have been scared to die because of the position that they're in, because of the circumstances that they're in, because they know that if they died in that state, hell would be their home. And this man, I believe, he knew that if he died in such a state, he would bring dishonor upon his father. But you know what? That daddy never stopped loving him. That daddy never stopped loving him. And as far as that daddy was concerned, he was still a son. Many of us are that way, ain't we? Don't sit here and look at me and tell me that you ain't ever backslid. Don't ever tell me that. Because if you tell me that, you probably are anyway. How many of us could say we need to be closer to the Lord? How many of us can say that we've got room to grow? Amen. We need to. We should always have a desire in our heart to walk closer to the Lord. And here's what I found is that the more you get in the Word of God, the more it reveals how filthy you really are. The less you get in it, the dirtier you become. Because here's the thing. The longer you stay in the Word of God, the cleaner it's making you because it's washing you with water through the Word. And you can find that in Ephesians chapter 5. Gomer repeatedly hurt Hosea. But Hosea showed grace and loved her anyway, and he did not divorce her. Now today, divorce is okay. In modern world religion and and, and, uh, people's homes, divorce is okay. God never ordained divorce to happen. Now, hey, I understand this hard preaching. I understand y'all are all quiet. God never meant for divorce to happen. Now, I understand that in the Word of God there is uh, uh, rules and legalities that the Lord has, has purposed that it's okay for a divorce to happen if, if this person has committed adultery in, outside of wedlock and, and this and that and the other, but that's still not God's plan. See, God's plan is Repentance. God's plan is through grace. God's plan is through mercy and forgiveness. Though we continually sin against the Lord, as David said in Psalm 51 and 3 through 4, he said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. And then he went on and he said, purge me with hyssop that I may be clean. Create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit within me. He loves us anyway and he will not divorce us. Ain't that amazing? That when we sin against an almighty God who loves us, who sent his only begotten son to a world to die on an old rugged cross for our sin, and when we sin against him, when we stab him in the back, when we continue to crucify him afresh, he doesn't divorce us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't take the clay and throw it away. He doesn't kick us to the side. He doesn't take a baseball bat and kick us out and, and punish us to hell. No, he gives us the opportunity of repentance. Why? Because he loves us. And he loves you this morning. If you're away from him, he is calling you to come back and repent and to walk in fellowship and unison and oneness with his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He's asking you to come back because he has chosen you from the foundation of the world. 
Sure, it damages our relationship, as does problems inside of marriages today, but divorce should not be the answer to your marriage problems. Repentance should be, grace should be, forgiveness should be, and that's exactly what God does for us when we humble ourselves, asking for his forgiveness, and he will mend what was broken and reconcile us to himself. We serve an amazing God. Romans 8 Verses 28 through 30 says this, And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified. A lot of y'all going to fall out on me. All I can say is get in the Word of God and study it. And when you study it, come back and talk to me. He justified all of our sin when he died on the cross. He justified our past, present, and future sin on the cross when he took upon our sin upon himself. That does not give you the right or the access to go and commit sin. It is not a get out of hell free card. But what it does say is that he has justified us freely through his grace that when we do sin, we can come back to the Father and repent of our sin and ask for forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ and he will wash all of our sin away. And he will take it as far as the east is from the west. You know what's amazing? You will never forget the things that you do. Some of you wish you could forget some of the things you, you've done. But you know what? If you have brought it and laid it before a just God and a holy God and a God who loves, if you have laid it at his feet and asked him to wash it in the precious blood of Christ, he has forgot everything that you have sinned against him with. He's forgot it because he chose to forget it. Ain't that amazing? What love! That's exactly what Hosea did to his wife, Gomer. He chose to forgive her and he chose to love her despite of her actions. My God did the same. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth. That is his son, Jesus Christ. He is the truth. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but through him. Amen? 1 Peter chapter 2, and verses 9 and 10 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness, into his marvelous light. And verse number 10 says, Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. He's talking about the Gentiles there. Because to the Jews, they had mercy. They were God's chosen people. God had chosen the Jews. And the mystery, and I'm getting uh, later, uh, probably tonight, I'll get into the mystery of Christ. And that is how that God can take the Gentile people and the Jewish people and blend them together and make them one nation. Why? Because it's the gift of one blood. He done it all through his blood. Understand that. 
It's all because of the blood. The blood that was shed on Calvary's tree. And you're saved. If you are saved by the blood, you are saved by the blood of the crucified one. If you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you and you hear that still, small voice, that's a pretty good sign that you're, you're right with God. Because if you can't hear that still, small voice, you're out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you need to come back. If you've never been in fellowship with God, today is an awesome day to come and find Jesus Christ and hear the voice of God. Be wonderful. Not only has He chosen us, but He has adopted us. See, the Jews, they were, they're the... My mind left me. Biological. They were the biological children of God, the Jewish people. But we as Gentiles, the sinners, who, the outcast, we were adopted through Christ. Because of why? Because of the blood that is shed on the tree. Because He entered within the veil and he's, He laid down His life for us and He presented the blood as a sacrifice unto God the Father and said, Father, here it is. Here it is. It is finished. Here's my life's blood and it's for all mankind who will call upon my name. He's chosen us, but also He has adopted us through the blood of Christ. The word predestinated in Greek is uh, proorid. I wish I'd have took Greek. I wish I'd have went to college. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that word, but it does mean to determine before and to ordain. The word election refers to people while predestination refers to purposes. He's adopted us. I love what Dr. Wiersbe said. He said, you do not get into God's family by adoption. You get into his family by regeneration, which is the new birth. You must be born again to be a part of the family of God. You must be born again. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs. I love this. Heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now if you back up a few verses in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, Come out from among the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord. You've got to come out from amongst the world. You've got to come out of your sin and repent and ask God to come into your life, ask Jesus Christ to save you by the blood that He shed on, on the cross, and you can be a son and daughter, saith the Lord Almighty. He's adopted us. Charles Ryrie, he said, in a, the adoption of children is the adoption of sons. He says, uh, but it does not relieve man of his responsibility to believe the gospel in order to bring to pass personally God's predestination. We must be adopted. We must be born again, like I say, to be partakers of the predestination. 
in uh, verse number 5, he said, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. One writer said that perhaps we should uh, take out the word beloved, and, and other versions do take out that word, and it, uh, other versions say, uh, and has accepted us in Christ. He has made us accepted in Christ. So that's what that verse means, is that hath made us accepted in the beloved. We are accepted in Christ. Listen, it don't matter if you're a murderer on death row. doesn't matter if you are somebody out doing all the rights and, and burning buildings and, and causing all the ruckus and everything. God still loves that person. You in your flesh, and when I mention these people, you're probably thinking, I can't stand those kind of people. But you know what? That's the people that God wants. God wants the broken people. God wants the sinner because he loves them. Because he created them in his likeness and in his image. And he wants them to come back into fellowship with him through the spirit of adoption. He has made us accepted through his son, Jesus Christ. Don't matter if it's a child molester or a... Uh, a, a sex addict or a drug addict or an alcoholic it doesn't matter what the sin is because all sin is the same and it is all hated by God God hates sin it doesn't matter if it's a small little white lie it doesn't matter what it might be God still hates it and God still loves you ain't that amazing how can so and listen here's where we find the trouble at we find the trouble when when we say that we hate this but really in our heart we're saying we hate that person because of the way they are. And that is never what God intended for how we should love. When we talk to somebody who is not born again, no matter what their sin is, we must talk to them in love and we must share with them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though God hates the sin, He loves that person and He loves that sinner. And he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for that individual. Some of you may have family members who are living in sin, who are doing ungodly things, but you know what? God still loves them. And I believe, I'm a strong believer. Don't matter how many years you've been praying, if you just keep praying. Listen, some of you may say, well, Ben, I've been praying five years. I've been praying ten years. I've been praying 25 years for this person to be saved. Keep praying. Well, Ben, I've been praying ever since they were a baby. Well, keep praying. Keep praying because I promise you, though you may feel your prayers are being unanswered, they're not. But you cannot make that person get right with God. Like the old saying is, you can lead the horse to the trough, but you cannot make him drink. But see, what your prayers do is your prayers pull them to the cross and when they get to the cross, it's up to them on what they decide. Just like a few weeks ago when I preached on you have a choice. And it's your choice to make. You can either re reject Christ and walk away and continue to live in sin and make hell your home. Or you can choose Christ today and be changed. Your eternal destiny can be changed I think it's amazing how that God takes it, uh, and I've said this before, to me it's amazing how God takes a black heart, 
He dips it in red blood, and it comes forth white as snow. I'll never understand that. That's the mystery. I'll never understand. But you know what? That's what he does. He takes your sin. He placed it on Jesus Christ. He dipped it in the blood that was shed on the tree, placed it on the mercy seat of God, and he is able to make you white as snow. Just in verse 4 it said that we should be holy and without blame in him, in love. How does he do that? He takes his red blood. He applies it to your black heart, to your black sin, to whatever sin stain. Listen, it's stronger than shout. It's stronger than OxyClean. It's stronger than Clorox. It's stronger than anything that the hospital has that, that will kill and clean up blood. It's stronger than any of that. Because it's able to wash away all of your sin. Lastly this morning, He's accepted us. He hath made us accepted in the blood. Charles Spurgeon, anybody know who Charles Spurgeon is? The great Charles Spurgeon. He was Calvinistic in his ways. But he was one of the greatest preachers and greatest writers of his time. He said this, learn from this, then all of you would like to have Christ as your Savior. You must be willing to serve Him. We are not saved by serving Him, but we are saved to serve Him. From the moment we are saved, we ought to live in the service of our Lord. If we refuse to be servants, we are not saved, for we evidently still remain the servants of self and the servants of Satan. Holiness is another name for salvation. To be delivered from the power of self-will, the domination of evil lusts, and the tyranny of Satan. This is salvation. This is salvation. We've been accepted through Christ because of his salvation. Acts chapter 10 this morning. Brother Joe, did I give you these? Acts 10, 34 it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Ain't that amazing? Listen, we have respect of persons. We pick and choose who we want to hang around with. We pick and choose who, who we like and who we talk to and who we eat dinner with and who we don't. And, right? We all have, listen, you can sit here and tell me you don't, but you do. We all have our cliques, right? Amen? Uh, it's, it's just the truth. That's human nature. But you know what? God don't. God don't matter. God doesn't care if you... Don't make much money or if you make $5 million a year. God, do, God doesn't care. God still loves you just the same as he does the homeless person on the street. Amen. He, he loves us just the same. Verse 35 says, But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Wow. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace but Jesus, he is Lord of all. Now this is the apostle Peter preaching. The word I say ye know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him. God raised from up the third day and showed him openly. That ought to have been a shouting verse right there. 
Because God raised him up. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses, chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 32, And commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. He is going to judge every one of us. But will we be found in him or will we be found in the world? I understand this message is kind of different from my other messages, but I, I really want to get deep into the book of Ephesians because there is so much meat. If you've never read the book of Ephesians, I encourage you to go read all six chapters this week and just feast off of the Spirit of God. Let, let the Word of God fill you up because it's so deep. He has chosen us, He has adopted us, and He has accepted us. I'm going to close, give you a moment to pray. Miss Sue, if you would come to the piano. I'll give you another illustration while she's coming. Luke chapter 16, the Bible tells us about a man who had great riches. Tells us about a homeless man by the name of Lazarus. We don't know the rich man's name, but we know Lazarus' name. You ever wondered why that is? Because God knew Lazarus. Lazarus knew God. The rich man didn't know God. And that, that's the thing, is that when you become part of the family of God, he knows your name. He gives you a new name. He calls you by your name. But the rich man, he died and left all of his riches to his family, his, his inheritance and all these things. The Bible says he died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. No, excuse me, torments. has an S on it. Because there's so many things that will torment you in hell. They'll be screaming. They'll be darkness. It'll be hot. You'll forever burn. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You ever smelt burnt hair? Burnt flesh? It'll be there. Because you'll have all of your senses. And I preached the message. Five senses in two eternities. You'll be able to taste. You'll be able to see. You'll be able to feel. You'll have all of your senses. And that will torment you forever and ever. So today, I believe it's in the book of Romans, he said today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. And if you don't know him today, today is your day to meet Jesus Christ and let him be your Savior. Lazarus soon died. He, listen, he was just an old beggar. He was just a homeless person. The dogs came and licked his sores and, and he ate what the dogs ate and he... he all he had was the dogs to love on. He didn't have anybody to love him. He didn't have anybody to leave an inheritance to. But the Bible says that when he died, he was comforted in Abraham's bosom. God loved both individuals just the same. But it's what they did with Jesus Christ that made all the difference. He loves you just the same as he does the worst sinner that you can think of. But it's up to you on what you decide to do with Jesus. Miss Sue. Love is song. 
It'll be a real good day to just surrender it all. Because Jesus chose you. I think it's amazing. Jesus chose to love even you. He chose to love even me, a wretched old sinner. He's asking you, will you surrender it? Do you surrender all? Do you surrender all? Please don't walk out this door not knowing Jesus. If you leave today not knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, perhaps you're backslidden and you need to walk in unison with the Lord. If you're living in sin, please come to this altar. If you don't want to come to the altar, please do not leave this building without meeting me. Let me pray with you. This is serious business and God loves you. He has never once thought about punishing you, throwing you away, casting you aside. But if one day you die not knowing Jesus Christ, if you die not having your sins forgiven, one day you will lift up your eyes in a devil's hell. The demons will torment you. The weeping and the gnashing and the burning will torment you. Why reject a great God? When Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 says, But God who is rich in mercy and His great love wherewith He loved us, He's quickened us. He's made us alive. Will you surrender today? Just as Gomer was running out and chasing every man that she could find, doing all manners of evil, Hosea still went and bought her. Still went and redeemed her and brought her home. And God still loved her. God redeemed her. Rahab, the harlot, was another one. She'd done all man manners of evil, but you know what? God loved her. And God saved her. And God gave her an inheritance. And that's how we find Boaz and Ruth. And that's how we find Obed and Jesse and David. And, and all the way down the line to Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what would have happened if Rahab didn't make the decision to follow God? What will happen to you in your life if you decide this day to reject the Lord Jesus Christ? You may get in your vehicle. Go to your place of lunch. And before you arrive, be in an accident. That quick, your life can be taken. That quick, you can stand before an almighty God. And He's going to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? You can't say, Lord, I've been, a good, I've been a good person. I paid my tithes. I went to church every Sunday morning. I do good deeds in the community. He's going to look at you and say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. But if you get up before an almighty God and say, because I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, your son, to be my Savior, the blood has been applied to my life, Jesus Christ is going to step up and say, Father, he's one of mine. She's one of mine. 
Won't it be wonderful to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joys of heaven. What's holding you back? If you will, bow your heads with us this morning. Heavenly Father, this morning I come before you today as humble as I know how. Father, I felt spiritual warfare go on here this morning. And God, I'm so thankful that you've overcome. God, thank you for this time. And Father, I'm praying for that individual that you are dealing with right now. I pray that your love would be made known and shed abroad in their hearts. That they'll see that only you can deliver them from sin. That only you can help them with their addictions. That only you can help them with with the sin in their life. I'm asking right now, Father, that they would make a move and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. God, I feel that I've preached exactly what you put on my heart, and I pray, God, that you would touch somebody's heart today. God, I know that it's not within me. Lord, it's all about you. Father, I cannot preach without the help of the Holy Ghost. But, Father, Lord, I, I can't help but to feel that somebody here this morning doesn't know you. Lord, what a sad thing to know that if they reject you, they may never get an opportunity again to be born again and to be joined in the family of God. Father, I pray for that person. I pray, God, that you would deal with their heart, bring conviction upon their heart. May your love reach their heart and bring them to their knees that they will call upon you. God, be with us as we leave this building today. God, protect us and bring us back tonight. God, that we may worship you in holiness and righteousness. And God, I pray that you'd fill me with the word of God that I may preach tonight what you've put on my heart. Father, be with us. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right.